0: Hey, welcome to Living Ardently. I'm your host, Adrian Giraldi, and we are back with another episode. And today's guest is uh, an awesome person that I met a few years ago uh, when I was a senior in college. And now it's been like four years since I last seen him, and I'm excited to talk to them again. So let's get into it. So, today's guest is from Nebraska. He was a former missionary at Christ in the City, but now actually still is with Christ in the City, but now his role has changed as the program director. So, it's really cool. Please welcome my friend, Blake.
1: Hey, Adrian, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Very excited and glad this worked out. And yeah, uh, just to share what the Lord's done in not only my life, but with our program and even connecting after four years. It's a great opportunity.
0: Yeah. And I never I never forgot to ask you one before we started recording. How do you pronounce your last name?
1: Bruliet. So a Juliet or Bruliet.
0: Bruliet.
1: Oh, okay. So I was like, oh,
0: I forgot to ask him, so I'm just Don't worry at all.
1: <laughs> Don't worry at all.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So um, yeah, we met I think it was summer. Oh no, spring of twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yep,
1: right. where I was in my second year as a missionary, so I was actually a missionary um, with Christ in the City at the time we met.
0: Yeah, and I was uh, was uh, about to graduate as a senior at Ave Maria, and I went over there as a um, on a mission trip with Focus uh, with my missionaries and some friends, and it was a crazy trip to be able to, one, do a mission trip um, with Focus, because I always wanted to do one and wasn't able to do one until my senior year. But to also be able to uh, go to denver which is a beautiful state uh, and also experience such a beautiful uh, group of missionaries and a great mission that you guys were doing um so it was really a great blast to kind of meet all of you all and and uh, experience what you guys got to do
1: yeah mission trips are a big part of our year honestly is as missionaries, we look forward to them. And every March, you know, it's a big month. We got four weeks of mission trips in a row, a lot of wow. new energy, a lot of new energy brought into the program, just introducing our homeless friends to new people. And March is a month we all, as missionaries, look forward to, it was draining. I mean, it, was, yeah. it wasn't It was something that was like, you know, oh great, look forward to this just fun, fun moment. But it's it's a powerful, powerful moment to share your mission with others and invite them yeah. into your home that's
0: awesome praise god that's really cool i appreciate that you guys were able to do that because i mean i remember there was a whole ton of us from different groups meeting in yeah. that week, and then like the, we left as a new group were coming in i'm like man yep. how do they do this so that's really yeah. awesome that you guys met us with that same energy and the fact that you remembered me was like you know like it shows it speaks to the mission yeah. the, the missionaries that you guys have out there they're they're great
1: people oh uh, absolutely i mean it's it's one thing too though just when you do meet people it's such a big moment in their lives to go on a mission trip and it's i mean you're hosting them in your home so you had to meet 34 new people we were meeting 40 or 50 new people but there's always few you know you get to know a little bit better and uh you remember and it's amazing because it's almost like a, a mini network of people you've met from all over the united states and the world yeah. i always say yeah. if i wanted to if i want to i could Sleep on a couch just about anywhere in the United States now, thanks yeah. to my six years of Christ in the City. That's awesome. Praise God. That's really good. Yeah. Cool. I mean,
0: you, you definitely have a home wherever I am, for sure. So Love it. Need, Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You got it. Uh, so, before we get into uh, you, the, missionary, uh, the mission of Christ in the City, why don't we uh, get a little bit about your background, uh, your faith, your upbringing? So, were you like born and raised Catholic and stuff?
1: I was, actually, yeah. So I was born and raised in Hastings, Nebraska, which um, is part of the Lincoln Diocese, and it's nice. pretty fun to tell people that's where I'm from, because they've uh, garnered quite a reputation. It's just a pretty pretty devout, just devout diocese and place to grow up, yeah. and I like to say, you know, born and raised in the Catholic faith, had priests yeah. around all the time. I mean, my high school, we had, I only graduated with 42, um... um 42 classmates but we had 5 priests in our school every single day so just very much inundated in the faith in Nebraska and uh, always one of those situations where I love to say we knew the Catholic Church was real and the truth and my brother and some of our friends just I remember sitting around a campfire one time just saying it would be so nice to not be Catholic because we, we wouldn't know that all these things were wrong and we wouldn't have the fear of hell in us and we could just go do what we wanted but we know and we, and it was weird because there was no love absolutely no wow. love it was a lot of fear but it was a good understanding of the, the catechesis of our faith as well where I grew up um, but that ultimately led to me going on a retreat when I graduated high school and that was that initial spark right that, that first spark of being like huh I've heard God loves me, but what does that mean? Right. So yeah. that was that initial spark, which led to as all conversion processes, a very slow uh just journey to, yeah. you know, where I am today, filled with all sorts of, you know, crazy, not not too many ups and downs in the faith, but more just sure. moments of diving deeper and deeper mm-hmm. and deeper, which led me to Christ in the city and here with yeah. the program six years later.
0: When did you when did you decide uh mission work was where the route that you needed to go towards
1: so my little backstory that's a story so my sophomore year of college again Mm -hmm. I was just starting you know this was a year and a half into understanding my faith and Mm -hmm. um in full disclosure my dad brought this up at my wedding which is so entertaining (laughs) but um so I actually got in trouble for underage drinking in college And I needed community service hours, and I need, and I was also pre-med, um, and oh, really? I just needed a resume booster. So I was like, you know what looks mm-hmm. good on a resume? A mission trip. And I went to uh, a, the Focus, the first seat conference that year. Um, it was in, geez, I can't even remember what year it was, but I, <laughs> you know, I got back from that, and I'm like, okay. Again, one of those moments where I just dove a little bit deeper into my faith. And my friend Austin and I, he was very much, you know, the person the Lord placed in my life at that moment um, to grow in my faith with. And one of our fraternity brothers was like, guys, got to come to Padre Island for spring break. We have a great deal. Like, it's going to be so affordable. And we're like, we will lose our souls. Like, we are we are trying so hard. We will lose our souls. And then this mission trip was advertised at our Newman Center, um, our college, you know, ministry. And it was a trip to Denver for one week to serve the homeless for like $100. And I'm like, that is everything I need. Community service hours, an excuse Mm -hmm. to not go to Padre, and it looks great on my med school application. So with all improper intentions, man, the Lord can work (laughs) with anything. Seriously. He very much allowed me to go, and my buddy Austin and I came, and I've been coming back to Christ in the City ever since. So that was my sophomore year of college. I came back um, that summer, and then it gets even more insane because the one of the founders of Christ in the City, Yvonne is her name. Mm-hmm. When I was leaving from my mission trip, she goes, "Blake, you should do a summer service with us. Come for the summer, serve the poor, grow in your faith and community." And I was like, "I can't just tell her no. She's I, I lo- She's awesome. I can't." So I said, "If my <laughs> yeah. summer job falls through." Right, and I had a I had a research job lined up for that summer. I'm like, there, this is such a a shoe in job. Yeah. Sure enough, the job fell through, and I'm like, wow. I have to go to Christ in the city. So I went that wow. summer, and that really um, built just an understanding of. Again, I don't know how big of an answer you want for this. I can dive into it later if you'd like, but it just under it built an understanding of community, and my mm. own spiritual poverty. how spiritual poverty is really what the poor struggle with in the United States, not material poverty, Mm. which led me to do three more mission trips my junior and senior year of college with Christ in the City, and Mm. then ultimately became a missionary after college with Christ in the City. So that is really how I had that journey to be a missionary.
0: That's awesome. So you, um, where were you going to school? You were making this trip every...
1: That'd so, the mastery. University of Nebraska, Kearney, uh, oh, okay. is in the the western side of the state, and mm-hmm. it is only about four hours, four and a half hours from uh, wow. Denver. So, nice and close, very accessible yeah. via via card.
0: That's awesome. And that just kind of, it, it's such a beautiful way to kind of, I mean, it's funny, because it, you, like you said, it was all the wrong intentions, but mm-hmm. like the Lord definitely just works with whatever and absolutely. And, and it does. And it's, it's completely true. And I've seen it in my life and in other people's lives, close friends of mine. And, you know, he con- con- constantly will, regardless of what, like you throw at him, whatever you choose, he will will find a way um, mm-hmm. to get you back. And, and that's so beautiful. So that's really cool. Um, when it came to choosing, um, I mean, you know, it probably was felt like a shoo-in. Like, it's definitely where I need to go after college at that point. Um, but was there any particular aspect in, in Christ in the City that really drew you? Uh, so it actually... kind of alluded to it a little bit, but
1: yeah, maybe... Yeah, yeah. No, so it wasn't actually a shoo-in. I thought oh. I would become a focused missionary after um, oh. college. And I was like, you know, Focus has done so much for me on this campus. I was one of their student ambassadors on a non-Focus campus. So Mm. one of their, you know, I was going through their digital campus program. Love Focus. My brother was a missionary after Mm. I came to Christ in the City. And, you know, I was pretty certain I would go with Focus. And then I was on my interview weekend. And on this interview weekend, I'll never forget, the speaker got up and was like, you don't owe Focus anything. And I'm like, whoa, I'm like, whoa, I totally thought I owed you more than Christ in the City. Like, that's why I was going to come here. And they're like, no, you don't owe focus anything. Totally reopened my discernment. Then I went on my Christ in the City interview weekend, and uh, the formator who, you know, was part of the application process sat me down, and he goes, hey, you know we're going to accept you. You've been around a while. I mean, it was was like a beautiful, like, we don't really, like— like, we care what you do because we care about you, but, like, we don't care if it's here or not, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting tactic. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then then he just goes, the question I have for you is, like, what do you need to be a saint? He's like, what, like, this isn't just about you serving others. Like, what kind of formation do you need to be a saint? Mm-hmm. And it was in that moment I'm like, I need Christ in the city because in college as being – one of like those student Bible study leaders. I mean, I was leading three Bible studies a week and I had never been discipled in my life. Right. I had never like truly been like, you know, had someone to help me and form me in college. It was kind of like I just got thrown into it. And I knew at Christ in the city, I needed, and I didn't quite understand like to what degree this was going to happen, but I said, I need to be humbled. I need to not have someone look up to me for a year. Like, I should not go to somewhere where I can have someone look. I need to be thrown in to the mix with all peers. And, like, that's what I need to be a saint. I I don't, like, yes, I could have served so many people and, like, led them on their path. But without that, and I knew this, it was like, I need that formation so bad. I need that to not be able to hide, right? I need to not, mm-hmm. I need to be like exposed and be vulnerable. And I know that with my personality and, you know, the gifts the Lord has given me, I could hide and just have been, you know, not, I could have lived a great life in the eyes of many, but there was a fullness of life. I knew I wouldn't achieve if I didn't go to Christ in the city or a place yeah. where I could be formed. That's awesome.
0: Wow. That's I mean that's something to think about too. Like just for myself, like that question of what do you need to become a saint, and and you know being someone who similarly has been in youth ministry for for years and wanted to, um, you know knew that I would go into college that that was what I wanted to do. So doing vo- between volunteer work and then actual youth ministry work, um, yeah, it's a, it's a question to know. It's like do you just need to be like a, a peer do you need to be someone who looks up to people and uh yeah i mean just like that humbling just for me that mm-hmm. this is like huge to to kind of think about um, yeah so yeah i mean that's beautiful that uh you know again even even when you felt as if it wasn't a shoe in that the lord brought you to where it need to be and uh, that's awesome to to kind of you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of taken aback by that thought process because I recently just left uh, the youth ministry uh, uh, field and I'm in doing social media now. And, oh, and for the cool. first time in my life, uh, yeah, I'm doing social media with the Grotto Network uh, um, over at the University of Notre Dame. Um, so super cool. And it's like for the first time, like this Lent, I was just a parishioner, you know, yeah. like for years I've been working as um, parish staff and youth minister and it's just been like one of the busiest weeks of the year if not the busiest uh for holy week and so um being able to to be a parishioner again it's like quite a feeling so i it's like i I feel like somewhat i feel similarly to what you're what you kind of experience in you know having to be a bit humbled um in a way um but it's not like i i craved this but you know, it's just like, it's it's different, and I love it, and it's a beautiful thing to experience. So, um, yeah, get back on track here. Um, so, when you get, got into Christ in the City, and you experienced, you know, the first, well, how many years you got to um, just kind of discerning, discerning into, like, going to where you are now as a program yeah. manager. Uh, what was the process there? How did that come to full another turn
1: out yeah another wild journey i mean i actually thought um i would do one year and be out of there christ in the city Mm -hmm. i mean i was you know pre-med had my med school application ready took the mcat you know probably need to brush the score up a little bit but there was definitely things i had all the prerequisites done for could have very much gotten into different aspects of um you know healthcare um graduate programs yeah um And after my first year, it was actually very much, again, like, realizing, like, okay, what do I need? I need one more year of this, you know? And I also love it. Um, I absolutely love it. And But it's like, yeah, I just need one more year of this. And it was so clear for the program for me. So I went with it. Um, And then after my second year, I was really um, discerning seminary. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, man, what is the Lord calling me to? And it, it was just very clearly not seminary. But I had no idea what that meant. But I felt very called to um, community life. So there's a religious community um, who helps run Christ in the City. Uh, it's a group of consecrated lay brothers called the Sotilisium. Um oh. They're members of the Christian Life Movement out of Peru. Mm-hmm. Uh, is where they were founded, and they were founded after Vatican II. A beautiful, beautiful movement, um, which actually has a lot of like Catholic News <laughs> Agency um, is founded by the Sodalit brothers, as well as you know Christ in the City, the Sodalits, and Fraternas are their female counterparts. They still take on the formation. Um, it's not a Sodalit program, but it's definitely they're they're involved. And anyway, it's like I just loved them. And it was so natural because I wrote a job description for Christ in the City. I'm like, you need a recruitment. Like this program is not like we seriously need to like recruit a little bit better. Otherwise, the mission can't, can't go. So I wrote up a, a job and they said, OK, you can do it. You want to do it? And I'm like, oh, boy. OK, <laughs> sure, I'll do it. And then at that same time, I started my discernment with the Sotolip Brothers. And I actually took this job with Christ in the City in August um, of 2017. And I uh, joined the—well, I took uh, the first promise, like the aspirant promise, to to discern, to, um, you know, look in more on in that July. So in July, I— Yeah, took a first promise to discern with the brothers, and then the next, you know, it's not even technically a promise, but it's just like, you know, going to seminary. And then I did that for a year and a half, and then just stuck on with Christ in the city when I discerned out of the Sotolites.
0: Wow, I did not know that entire thing had happened. That's awesome.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, in that year of formation or discernment, yeah, yeah, how did that um how did that go was it uh an awesome you know i mean i i know i met some people who you know lo- love the idea of becoming a priest and then we got into it and then you know it just wasn't for them it was just hard or you know different mm-hmm. things uh what called you out what what, what how was the process if that's okay
1: yeah no so the brothers are absolutely remarkable they're still some of my best friends to this day honestly we only had family and immediate wedding party in uh in the wedding and we of course made them part of family and invited them Uh i mean they're they're just such great men and true friends and when i was there you know i saw that i was giving everything i could that i was investing i was like truly giving the effort and i just was not as fulfilled as they were i mean i could Mm -hmm. go into details and practicals but it's you know when one finds their vocation they're like they become more who they are right their heart gets set on fire that that fulfillment not not the fulfillment that is waiting in heaven but right we always have that longing for eternity that desire that can't be satiated on earth but at the same time it's like i knew that like i'm giving everything i can and i am not as fulfilled as the other brothers in the community and long story short it was honestly that simple it was so yeah. peaceful, leaving, I mean, yeah, the brothers just were so gracious and generous, and uh, again, just couldn't couldn't speak more highly of my experience with them and and yeah. how they've continued they continued to form me to be to prepare me for that next step of marriage, even though when I joined, I never even had that on the radar you know that's awesome
0: yeah it's uh it's definitely when discerning you know religious life it's like. Uh, A very beautiful thing, and it's sometimes a very hard decision to even come to. Sometimes taking that first step is one of the most daunting things to like Mm -hmm. even completely consider it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it is very peaceful when you come out the other end, and regardless of what you end up choosing, because you know, it's going to put you at peace at that, so yeah, and
1: I mean, it. Yeah, I reflected a lot on like why was it so daunting for me, right? Like, why is it so daunting for for men and women? And it's yeah. it's so, and and then you look back and it's like, why should it be? Is the real question because mm. if we have a vision of eternity, which is something big, Christ in the city is on, like Christ in the city loves talking about this of like this vision for eternity. Our life on earth is pilgrimage to get to heaven. It's mm-hmm. like the things such as bunny or career, like they, they so quickly with that vision, like just who cares, you know? And like, truly like when we buy into that, it's like, wow, why did I even let that like consider like affecting a decision I was going to make, but without that vision of eternity, without remembering that Mm -hmm. this, this world is, is short and fleeting. It's like those decisions, get derailed because we think very much in the world right as if death and suffering are the greatest evil and it's like yeah well you better not discern religious community where you need to maybe fast or maybe you know like give up marriage and get it's like that's why Why would anyone do that so it's yeah it's just diving deeper into that realizing like no with the vision of eternity discernment makes sense but to let go of all those fears one Mm -hmm. must first Truly, be sold that this life isn't it, you know. And we don't right. say it like that, but that's what it is, you know. It's yeah, like,
0: it's true. It, it's it's one of the hardest things to come to, but it, it is beautiful coming out mm-hmm. of you know understanding that. Um, yeah, and it makes discernment so much less daunting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know when when I did, it was the certainly tried to like. I mean, I knew I, I had this felt like this calling to be a youth minister, like all of like my first my college terms, you know. But then, like my mm-hmm. senior year, I'm like, oh shoot, kind of like, should I? Am I being called to do focus? And I was like, oh man, I don't really want to like throw myself like this off. I already have like this idea of going to youth ministry and da 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 da. Well, you know, I discerned I you know, similar to similarly I went to I got I got past the first interviews and went to second interviews and they're like, Hey uh they called me a week after I got back from interview weekend were like, Hey, listen, we think you'd be a great missionary, but we think you're called to do youth ministry and we want you to pursue that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa. Crazy. That's amazing. So good. Yeah. And um and it and it happened and I was able to do youth ministry three years. Um, yeah. three awesome, awesome years and I love it. Um, wouldn't take anything back. Um, besides maybe love kids better, <laughs> you know. At yeah, times, yeah. Um, you know, but I I don't regret one bit of it. And you know, I'm, I know when I'm gonna when I get settled into our new place, I'm gonna still be involved in ministry in, in some capacity, whether it be small group leader or some sorts. But I'm gonna be involved. Um, yeah. Just not as a youth youth director anymore. You know. Yeah. Um, but it's it definitely was something became easy to kind of pursue when I was able to take mm-hmm. that first step into like, okay, maybe maybe this is the route and you know, the Lord will direct you otherwise and um if that's not the case. So Yeah. So when it comes to becoming a missionary um over at Christ of the City, um what does what does one need to do? Uh just yeah. kind of get them in those who might be interested right now, we'll we'll dive yeah. into Christ in the city a bit more totally a bit, but like, um, what, what would somebody need to do?
1: So Christ in the city, um, we have multiple volunteer options. So everyone who like the missionaries are volunteers, you know, so we have various capacities. One can get involved. I mean, we'll start with the big kahuna and work our way back down. So of course our, our, you know, bread and butter of our program is our year of service volunteer missionary volunteer program so they missionaries commit to one year um, and they show up in the middle of august and end at the beginning of july and people ask well blake you know why why is your year so long and i'm like well this may shock you but like the homeless don't operate off the you know the academic calendar right they're there the whole year so so we kind of try to to draw that out as much as possible and you know give a month and a half of we we have and that leads to our second opportunity, and that's the two-month summer service program in Denver. So we bring in missionary volunteers for the month of June and July to actually come and take over our work with the homeless once our year of service missionaries um, transition out of the program. So they actually come and do June and July, um, and that's one where I did that during college. It, it is an exceptional program. If, if a year isn't something you can do, a summer some people still can't even do a summer, but a summer is transformative. We actually run those summer service missionaries every every week, month. I'll get to that in a second, but we try to give them that full missionary experience. And then, yeah. you, you know, the other, after that, there's a three-week mission trip. We call it summer service, but it's just three weeks. So it's like a mission trip yeah. to various um, locations across the United States. And there we go for three weeks. Um, just throw all the three-week summer service missionaries into homeless outreach in the cities. Uh, and that's it. And that's the end of May to the second week of June. And then our next option to volunteer is one week. One week on mission trip. And we have on a non-COVID year, this is what you did, Adrian, but over 200 college students a year who come through our doors and even some high school students um, who just stayed at other location. And then finally, um, we accept volunteers for our second Saturday lunch in the park. And we've had people wow. fly in. We've had, I mean, we have someone drive in four and a half hours tomorrow to come to our Wednesday lunch in the park just wow. to serve the homeless. A whole group, a wow. school. Um, and what we do with that is that second Saturday, we go to the, the park and have a meal with the homeless where we work on building community and encounter. And anyone wow. can do that. The commitment is low. It's four wow. hours. You know, it's come get trained, go meet the homeless. And uh yeah, if anyone of your listeners are in Denver, or if anyone wants to stop by Denver, we'd love to have them and train them. And I will say, um this is more than you asked for, Adrian, but I'm good at giving no, you that. This is, uh this is great. Uh when we bring in <coughs> our volunteers, yeah. one thing I'd like to to like be very I think it's good to, to point out and talk about is we don't just say, come and serve with us for a day. If we mm-hmm. did that, I, I would borderline say we failed. What we do is when you mm-hmm. come in, whether it's for one day or one year, we try to teach you to be a missionary for the rest of your life because mm-hmm. even our year of service missionaries, I mean, what? They at max can do two years at Christ in the city. Let's hope they live to a, a good, healthy 80 years is the American average, you know, maybe they make yeah. it to 90, you know, what, what maybe even a hundred, it's like two years out of their life. If that's all we serve the poor, like that's an issue. So what we do with our program is we aim, whether it's your one week mission trip or your year of service to form you and equip you to serve the poor the rest of your life, no matter what your calling or vocation is. Wow
0: that's awesome. I mean that's something that um you know some uh schools don't do for you. You know like universities yeah. like um it goes above and beyond, you know, like youth ministry programs. You know <laughs> there's yeah. so much like uh growth that can happen within but then like it stops outside, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's awesome that you guys are kind of helping us, you know, helping these people who help volunteer. Continued this uh yeah. that mission outside, and you know I want to dive into that a little bit more because I want to give the listeners a couple of ideas on how they can get involved and in, and in, in homeless ministry and things like that. Yeah, how they can be proactive about it. But um, you know, with with being um so active in it, um in in you know like doing ministry for for our friends, you know, our homeless friends. What is what is something that right now, just a quick tip before we you know, dive into the latter half um, of just kind of what you do when you see <clears throat> what you do when you see people um, on the streets? Um, yeah. Just kind of what how to interact with them and what, what's yeah, the best for, practice just for that first just for right now?
1: Yeah, we'll make it real quick. Try to do it in under a minute. What we say is introduce yourself and look them in the eye right Mm. before you even give them anything before we go into the practicals the care kits or your demeanor it's like the amount of homeless i've talked to where i'm talking to them and people won't look at us is Mm. shocking i know it can be scary it may not always go as planned but the least you can do is just look them in the eyes and say hello smile i mean if you can't even speak that's okay just smile right you Mm. show them their dignity you show them their worth they're not yeah. invisible and they are loved, even if it's by you in a half a second glance.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's something that I learned while I was there and I've carried it since. Yeah. Um, and that's a practice that I have taught my teens when doing homeless ministry work that we've done. Um, when we do our soup kitchen that we do at our um, at our at my parish that I used to work at. Um, uh, it's just something I always told them to do is just like, you know, meet these people. Um, right there in the eye and always mm-hmm. give them the time of the day and, and and tell them talk to them as if you were talking to just one of your friends, you know, another yeah. human being. And it's just yep. what they are. So that's awesome, man. Um if you haven't gotten to the understanding, um Christ in the city completely does amazing work with um the homeless people over in Denver, but they are trying to, you know, like they said, you know, whoever comes tries to spread this mission everywhere across the world uh for all those who come visit them in denver do you guys have any other branches outside of denver so no we're
1: still we're in the process of expanding we're st- it's okay. still a couple of years out nothing formal has been announced because we haven't done anything formal yet yeah. um but we do that three-week program in we've done it all over the united states in philadelphia new york city nice. los angeles dallas san antonio oklahoma city we're going to Gary, Indiana this year, just east of Chicago so, and Dayton, yeah. Ohio. So, I mean, we've, wow. we've really done mission trips all over and we're, we're, that's a, that's a good one too, right. To train people yeah. in those areas.
0: Yeah. So, um, it, hopefully, you know, in, in some, some aspects, right. The, the goal is to change lives in, in just this little mm-hmm. way. Um, and, and hopefully you guys kind of hear some advice today, um that will kind of help you um understand how to change your i mean just the way you speak to them the way um you treat them especially you know um and and maybe change your mindsets. because i remember growing up i had this weird notion to like avoid homeless people um and that was just something that wasn't great to me because of the area i lived in um the people who uh, we we did see in the streets are kind of were kind of in poor in a bad neighborhood, and so like anybody was a threat kind of, and so <laughs> I kind of grew up thinking that way, um, and so when I met this, had I was introduced to the idea of doing homeless ministry, uh, uh, in college in college before I even went to Christ in the City, uh, doing a soup kitchen with the missionaries of Charity, I was just like, oh, that's interesting. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and I got to like, meet these people. I'm like, wow, these are people and they're awesome. Yeah. And I got to meet with this guy and he shared this beautiful story of, you know, um, of him and his wife and, you know, how his life ended up, how he ended up where he was. And, um, you know, he's like, you know, I don't I don't I don't um, I don't think I deserve to be here, but I know the guy's taking care of me. And, mm-hmm. and you know like these people are some of the most faithful people you you will ever meet I agree which is interesting
1: yeah I agree and I, and I will say too though Adrian it's like I, we don't blame parents or think they did anything wrong sometimes for like making kids afraid of homeless it, yeah. it's like something to be like we are always very careful about that it's like sure. of course as a parent you are not going to teach your kids like yeah. you, you have to like protect your kids and safety does <laughs> sure, come sure. first in that way But it's like that beautiful moment of, all right, moving from adolescence to adulthood, right? And it's like, okay, now I'm like, I can, you know, we, and we're still very, you know, always being careful, not doing any, you know, we, we can intuit a lot um, using common sense and human nature, but also just some simple, simple tips. But that beautiful moment of like, okay, like, I get why my parents did that, you know, I'm not bitter at them, not upset, but now it's like, okay, I can now love them now that I've, I've grown from adolescence to adulthood, and I have the means and the skills to take care of myself and encounter that person, right? And then, like you said, you realize, oh, and the gospel tells us Jesus Christ is present in that purpose, or in that person, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, and then right. we have to ask ourselves, do I believe that or not, right? Mm-hmm. In, that, in that smelly, grumpy, you know, whatever stereotype you can think about, which, again may have happened cause that's real. Right? right. But it's like, is Jesus really present in that person? Mm-hmm. And it's like, huh, that's a great question that it, you, we have to answer. It's either sure. yes or yeah. no. It's not kind of, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Um, and that's, and it's, and it's really true. I mean, like my parents, I, I don't blame them at all. I mean, we did grow up in the bad neighborhood and, and, um, I remember this conversation I had with my, um, One of my parents, I forget who it was, but just like, you know, they were asking me where I I was taking the bus, uh, the train to Miami to work with the missionaries to charity. I'm like, what are you you doing that for? I was like, you don't need community service hours anymore. You're in college. I was like, I I don't. I just love this, you know, know, being able to work with them and and getting to meet some of these people. And and then they're like, kind of like this light of like understanding, like, huh, you know. um, Yeah like kind of them seeing like, oh, I see why, like you see them, you know, I, I yeah. have a different mindset now and mm-hmm. they respected that. And that was so, so good for me and, and, um, and for them. And I think that now, yeah um, they're a bit more open to having these, you know, whether just saying hello or talking to these homeless people that we constantly see back, back in Palm beach, especially yes. uh, where they're at, um, Just saying hello, you know, Um, at least they're more comfortable when I do it when I'm with them, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's a great Mm -hmm. thing. Um, So, yeah, um, we're going to talk more about this, you know, we'll talk more about Christ in the city and its mission and what they hope to do um, in a little bit. And um, we'll be back and hopefully give you some more tips on how to, you know, what best practices are when um, trying to do some mission work and are doing some some good work for the homeless people. We'll be back after this break. If you did not know, Living Ardently is now an affiliate with Be A Heart Design. Be A Heart has a bunch of great things for you and your family. So if you want to go get something, use our affiliate link in our show notes. And you can use our promo code ARDENTLY10 for 10% off your purchase. Everything that we make goes straight back into our podcast so you'll be supporting our ministry. Again, so if you want to get something nice for yourself, for your friends, or your family, go to Be A Heart using our affiliate link. Use our promo code, ARDENTLY10, for 10% off. And not only will you be helping the ministry here at Living Ardently, but you'll be getting something cool, too. Again, link in the show notes, ARDENTLY10. Let's get back to it. All right, we are back with Blake from Christ in the City. You can follow them. I didn't plug their Instagram earlier, but you can just follow them at Christ in the City on Instagram. And I don't know, do you guys have anywhere else that you guys are on social media?
1: Uh, we have actually a pretty vibrant Facebook page if you're interested in that, and then uh, okay. on YouTube we do post our our videos whenever we make them. We usually have, in the fall come out with some good ones. But man, if you're if you're looking for a good video or you know wanting to get distracted for a little bit, our YouTube videos are stellar. I mean, I bet we have an incredible team and they've done an outstanding awesome. job. And we've partnered with some unbelievable um, videographers.
0: Awesome! Praise God! Yeah, definitely check yeah. that out. I lo- we love a good video. I love a good video. I know that for sure. Um, but you know what's Something that occurred to me in our conversation—it kind of got carried away. But I, we didn't kind of dive into what the overall mission of Christ in the City is. I mean, we got—we I think we kind of it, it happened in our conversation. But like, maybe it's good to, to give people like that, a defined definition
1: of your mission there. Absolutely. So yeah, Christ in the City is a. Um, young adult for me a young adult missionary formation program first and foremost like I hinted at that first section of this podcast our aim is to form missionaries now yeah. the way we do that right it's it's a both and mission Catholics love those so we're both uh-huh. forming it. missionaries um, to like be mis- in the greater community to be missionaries and also to serve the poor um, and what's weird is, We could not do one without the other. You know, some people are like, you should serve the poor more. You shouldn't form your missionaries that much. We're like, Mm -hmm. we can't. But some say you should only form your missionaries. You shouldn't serve the poor. And it's like, no, the formation happens on the streets as well. By Mm -hmm. no means are the poor a stepping stone. And I want to make that very clear. Sometimes when I word that, I'm like, I don't like the way that sounds. But Mm -hmm. like in service to the poor, you have to form yourself to be able to Mm -hmm. do it properly. And to form yourself, you also have to serve the poor to do it properly. So it's this beautiful, just interconnection of what we do. And we, again, our year of service missionaries are, are the main focus, but we have, you know, over 50 summer <laughs> service volunteers, over 200 college students who come through, thousands of unique visitors on our second Saturday lunch in the parks, and who knows how yeah. many more being formed um, via social media and and just our our marketing and networking
0: that's awesome yeah that's it's it's something that you know um i feel like it's often left out um especially with missions like this where missions were like on the mission statement like you, you forget that that formation is a big part of like mm-hmm. of of your service like for folks missionaries like you're not just going out there talking to college students and helping them yeah. meet jesus it's like there's a whole bunch, bunch of formation that you training that you have to go through yes. to get to that point um yeah and if you and, if you miss
1: that you can't serve properly right mm-hmm. and like that's yeah. why it's a beautiful one-two punch it's like yeah yeah you have to form yourself to serve but you have to serve and form yourself you know mm-hmm.
0: facts it's so true so yeah that's it's, it's really great to kind of like always keep that in mind when discerning Mission work or whatever you're doing, there's always going to be formation of some sort that's yeah. necessary for whatever vocation it is, whether it be like mission work or like work or like mm-hmm. marriage or, you know, yeah. yeah, all this stuff. There's a lot of, uh, that formation is as we should be constantly uh, growing and constantly, yeah. you know, becoming, you know, like dying and rising, you know, um, absolutely. So it's something that is it's going to always be necessary. So if you're afraid of doing that, <laughs> um, you're gonna to have to do it at some point.
1: <laughs> totally, absolutely.
0: So. so, so with Christ in the city, um, um, we talked about like you know like little things that you guys do, uh, but I wanted to at this latter half kind of give value to those listening who want to help serve the poor. <laughs> um what are some good advice you said that you have a ton of it and i just want you to pour that all out yeah. all these people like what are some advice for those people who want to serve and minister to the poor and how they can do that and what are effective practices in doing so
1: yeah so a lot a lot a lot to say here first and foremost uh, i want all you listeners to know that as part of your christian identity you actually are called to serve the poor Right, And that's that first thing. It's like, ah, you know, that's not for me. It's like, Mm -hmm. I disagree. It is for everyone. However, your Mm -hmm. view of the poor may be the issue, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like every Christian is called to serve the poor. It doesn't matter if you are in the small town in Nebraska I'm from or Palm Beach, right? It really doesn't matter. We're all called to serve the poor. So Mm -hmm. I'm beginning with a a little, like, aside. So then the question is, is like, how do we view poverty? So... At Christ in the City, we talk a lot about material spot poverty versus mm-hmm. spiritual poverty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, material poverty is a lack of material things. Spiritual right. poverty is a lack of spiritual things. Mm-hmm. And it is very clear when Mother Teresa came to visit the United States, she had many quotes about this, that the mm-hmm. spiritual poverty, the loneliness of the Western world is the biggest and truest poverty. We don't, even our homeless are not struggling materially like third world countries. And we've had a lot of people go on mission trips and say, you know, I've seen people live in way worse conditions who understood faith more than me or knew they were loved or had hope, you know. And with the homeless, like, yeah, they they have access to a lot in most places. What is the issue? It is this spiritual poverty. And we Mm -hmm. all have that spiritual poverty. Every one of us experiences that at some point. So it's one of those situations where, again, I will say it again. It's like when we view this, we know that this spiritual poverty is something that we are truly addressing at Christ in the city. And I would say, yes, there are some material things to do, but material service to the poor is going to be an exceptional moment. Even if you do a Mm -hmm. soup kitchen once a week, once a month, that moment is an exceptional one of your daily life. You're called to serve the poor every single day. And, like, that's the truth. You are a Christian. It's part of your identity. So who are the poor in your life? And this is this is where we must begin. How do I serve the poor in my life if I don't know who they are? Right? Mm-hmm. If we only view the poor as the homeless person, right? Or we only view the poor as the, you know, the single mother struggling or truly these mm-hmm. people who are hurting um, if that's the only poor, then you're right. It's really freaking hard to serve the poor, especially mm. if you're not in a place that has that.
0: Mm. So
1: what are the poor? Right? Who are the poor? A better question for Mother Teresa, where's your Calcutta? And this is something mm-hmm. Christ in the City is trying to really hone in on and help people understand is, where's your Calcutta? She had so many volunteers who went on extravagant mission trips to India. And I mean, they were... They were patching wounds and picking people Mm -hmm. off the streets in their own just, you know, yeah, just in their own like crud. It's just absolutely heartbreaking Mm -hmm. to even see pictures of this, right? People starving, people having true disease and leprosy. Mm -hmm. That is attractive to be a missionary to. And the same time, it's repulsive, but it's also attractive. But what did she tell those volunteers? It's find your own Calcutta. Like, are you a college student? All right. The poor you're called to serve is your fellow classmates. Are you a high school student? You have to serve your family, your classmates. Are you a mother, a father, like a brother, a sister? I mean, wh- who is your Calcutta? Like, what is your Calcutta mm-hmm. is actually the first question you must ask. And from that, then we can go into practicals of how to serve the poor. And I'll, and I'll go into practicals of you know, the homeless just because that is really what we, we've excelled at and what we've documented yeah. and truly dove into. But I think the first thing, Adrian, is accepting where's your Calcutta. Because if you mm. don't know who to serve, the poor, what kind of poverty you're serving, you can't even yeah. begin.
0: So true. So true.
1: Uh, it, it's something that,
0: know of any of us typically kind of it's not like a, a natural first reaction uh, of thinking of where where those people are who those people are mm-hmm. and something something important that we all should uh to kind of think about and and, and dive into a bit more um because the answer may surprise you <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah and, and the answer is usually not what we want it you know, it's like, <laughs> yes. Right. It's like, oh, I'm called to love my roommates. Ah, they're so hard. Just let me love someone who's easier to love. You know? <laughs> it's like those closest to us are always the hardest to love.
0: Yeah, it's so true. It's, it's something it's something to to kind of um, to be able to accept that challenge is uh, when you when you realize that it's that some that person that may be hard to love, whoever may be um, accepting it is probably the second like. Mm -hmm. you know second challenge of it all um and so hopefully wherever that is kind of starting there um you're able to kind of decide and discern that um Mm -hmm. in in a proper way yeah um yeah that's really great that's great stuff you have any other ideas or advice to kind of share with the peeps
1: yeah totally regarding the homeless especially um yeah so please. what we start with is begin with just looking at them right looking at looking at the homeless just acknowledging their existence right we right. we had one i i tell this story all the time because it was so heartbreaking and this doesn't leave you you know but mm-hmm. i was on the streets with my friend arkansas um take guess where he's from and arkansas um <laughs> was flying a sign and he was flying a sign it's like you know trying to get money from from passerbys and We're in the busiest part of Denver, and he is just, he's always chipper. He's always happy. Yeah, You know, at least has a smile on his face, and he was so disheartened. And Mm. I was like, ooh, this is not normal. And to make a long story short, he's just like, I'm like, Arkansas, what's going on, man? You do not look like yourself today. And he goes, no one will look at me because I'm fed up with it. I was like, what? There's no way, like come on, man. There's no way this is happening. He's like, no, no one will look at me. He goes, and these people call themselves Christians. And then I'm like, no, they like Arkansas. Come on, man. You know, people, I, I'm trying to make them feel better, which
0: yeah.
1: not the best move. I'm like, no, Arkansas people, people will look at you. People, they, they acknowledge you like they're, you know, I'm trying to, trying to help him out. He goes, watch. He just makes a scene. I mean, he is flailing his arms in the air. He is just making a scene, and no one would look at him. They could see him out of their, their, their you know, their peripheral vision, but they were not mm. turning their heads and looking at him or even smiling at him. They were literally avoiding eye contact, and it was heartbreaking because he proved me right or he proved me wrong. Oh, wow. But who cares about my me being proven wrong, but it was the fact that he proved me wrong that no one would look at him. And his message of just like, imagine if Christians were actually Christians, you know. And it was like, mm. my goodness. So what's the moral of the story? There is like, don't be afraid to look, look at someone in the eyes, and you know what? You may get yelled at, you may get told, you know, what are you looking at? And it's like, you can always greet that with a smile. I just try and say hello, you know. And like you said, yeah, that's a big first one. Yeah. Um, second, I would say, showing the homeless you've thought of them, is. Oh, and uh, sorry. In that, if you're wanting to have more of a first encounter with them, a great question is, um, you know, starting with your name, right? So it's like, hey, my name's Blake. What's your name? Don't go, what's your name? Right? Because that's like, it's kind of weird, right? Like, what if you were to walk up to someone yeah. on the street and just look at them and be like, so what's your name? You know, it's like, <laughs> come on, we, we can do better than that. So it's like, yeah. my name's Blake, right? Take that upon yourself. Um, what's your name? You know, and then of course the best the you know, um just be a little creative. The best question isn't always how are you doing today? But sometimes it is, but you're gonna probably get an honest answer. Um and then I would say the next biggest thing, all of this goes in the same category of what we call care kits. But the premise of a care kit is you know the homeless in your area and um, what they're going through, right? It's mm-hmm. not hard. We'll use Palm Beach as an example, because I'm right. sure that's where most of your listeners are from. And also, let's just help with the practical. Sure. So Palm Beach um, is hot, right? It'd be easy to get yeah. dehydrated. Right. Um, you're going to sweat through your clothes. Right. You know, it's all those things, right? So Instead of just giving money, right, and we and we never discourage people from giving money, we just let them know that there's there's better options, right. Yeah. So what we say there is, um, for instance, it's like in Palm Beach. What if you just carried, you know, fruit snacks or something that wouldn't melt in a bag, or a bottle of Gatorade or a bottle of water with you at all times, knowing that is designated for the homeless. And we call these kind of care kits. We on our website, give a little a bundle package of ideas for you to put in like a gallon Ziploc bag or something similar and just have ready to hand out to the homeless or the poor. And what does this do, right? It shows that homeless person, I thought of you. I acknowledge your existence. I went out of my way to put this together for you. Some of them aren't grateful. Fine, right? We When we give a gift, forget that a gift is given irrelevant of whether it's received or not. The Father's love for yeah. us, He just gives us love. It, mm-hmm. it isn't dependent on if we receive it or not. He just gives it freely. Mm-hmm. Make this a free gift, right? Offer these things to people, not putting your identity in how they receive it, but in the fact you're giving a gift, right? You are mm-hmm. doing what you've been called to do and leave it at that. Don't worry about the results. But by giving these care kits or even just keeping water bottles in your car to give to the homeless, you're showing, uh, you're saying, I. It's hot. Like, you're dehydrated. You know, it's like, here's a water bottle, man. Cool yourself down. You know, woman, man, cool yourself down. And, or socks. Like, oh, yeah, I I imagine, you know, sweaty day out. Here's a new pair of fresh socks, you know. Um, That kind of stuff, right? Showing that you care. You see them. In Denver, we have a ton of hand warmers we give out. In the winter, Mm. some of us carry blankets in our cars right we always know you know that in the summer we don't carry hand warmers right why would you give out hand warmers in the summer but just right. showing that isn't sh- it's showing you see them
0: yeah it's so important to do stuff like that too because when um whenever i visited i mean so right now i live in in central florida but when i was in palm beach whenever i go home and visit um one of the few, one of the times that I, it happened to me um, it was something beautiful. I bought. I went to. I was going into Target I needed to grab a couple things, um, and I saw this man. Um, it's typically weird. It's, it's not? They're not typically out in front of storefronts, um, mm-hmm. but he was out there. It was just um, you know asking for a meal or something like that. And I was like, all right. So I popped in there and I grabbed him a, a sub that was pre-made and, yeah. Yeah, yeah and some water um well i they didn't have any like for some reason didn't have like a smaller cases but i i brought out a case of 16 bottles and mm-hmm. and um i was like hey man like this is would you would you, would you this be an interest of interest to you Uh, my name is Adrian and da-da-da-da. um again taking some of the practices that i learned over at yeah, City yeah. and uh you know introduced myself first and his name was Tyler and said hey man yeah i really appreciate this pretty hungry um and uh but I don't need all these water bottles. I can't carry them all. I was like, but there are some guys over there, um, outside of the complex. If you want to go give them some, I'm sure they're thirsty too. And I was like, Oh man, look at that. They're looking out for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so I took those water bottles. He took a couple or a few of them. And I took those brought in my car and drove around the complex. I found them and, um, they're right there by the exit. And I was like, Hey guys, they're like, um, name is Adrian. And, you know Tyler, um, over in the storefront, kind of. So you might wanted some water, and you're like, "Oh, I love that guy." <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's a they, they're always looking out for each other, and, and when they see um, that you are looking out for them, they really do appreciate it. And you know, I, I, my experience, they tend to open up in yeah. you know the few minutes that you're
1: with them. And, um, and, it, and it's, but it just shows right there. You remember his name, Adrian. Right. You know, it's like yeah. those are, it's like you're encountering. It's so simple, but it's so profound. And, yeah. and you know, it's, I think I always joke. I'm like, I swear 90% of the conversations I have with the poor, they bring up God. In my daily life, not with the homeless or like the those who are really struggling in poverty. Yeah. Maybe one out of 100 people bring up God. You know, oh. and it's like, what yeah. faith? You know, like That's crazy. the amount of times—the amount of times bring up God is remarkable. I mean, yeah. remarkable.
0: Yeah, it's at that point where they just feel it's like as if it's this is the only thing they have, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's um, a faith that I wish I had sometimes to kind of <laughs> be able to know that you know, I might not have much, but I know I have God, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the when I I forget I forget uh, when I was over there one of the. What, I forget his name one of our friends over there on the streets um had mentioned one of the most profound lines I ever heard and he was like you know like I may have lost family I may have lost friends but the one thing I will never lose I know is God and I was like mm. man that is great preach. <laughs> like yeah, you know preach. it's a great great thing just yeah. to have that you know mentality like um. Oh, I mean, he he probably li- he listens to material things too, but like he's like the one thing I'll never lose is God, and so I was like, that's one of the most profound thoughts mm-hmm. you know to just have. You know, it's Absolutely. simple, but it's like beautiful. And so, well, yeah. I man, I I appreciate the the um the tips and the advice. I'm sure there's so much more. Um, that people, um, I mean, starting there is that's a, a huge amount of help, and I'm sure if you guys yeah. start practicing that there your interactions with with the poor whether it be you know actual like the people on the streets or whether it be people in your home like their interactions will be completely different in your um if you just kind of change your approach and open your heart and kind of see things differently um um change your challenge your mindsets that you've you have (coughs) excuse me um so we appreciate you coming on Blake to come and share these things and you know, I know this is a, a lot of, uh, There's, I'm sure there's so much more to even have conversations about, and maybe we will we can have you or another missionary sometime in the future come on and, and talk more about this and some stories or share some stories about um, mm-hmm. some of these encounters that you guys have had, and maybe this can be a segment that we do, because I feel like there's so much richness in and boy these do
1: we have here. stories Adrian yeah I know let, oh, yeah. let me know if we can ever jump on we have many missionaries who love to share and yeah love to yeah explain more of what we do how we do it and you know the beauty the fruit from it so
0: yeah and so if they wanted again if the people wanted to uh get involved or do some sort of mission work with you guys who can they call how could they reach out what's the best way to do that
1: yes again um it is uh christinthecity.org you can find everything on there I mean how to be a missionary videos how to do the care kits I mean it's all on there so just start with christinthecity.org have some have some fun on our uh website it's uh, done very well and uh, a lot of great info there
0: yeah I will uh, link that in the uh show notes of the episodes wherever you're listening to this check the notes thanks Adrian and there should be a link there somewhere um And you can, again, follow them everywhere and see their content, the things that they're making and to kind of get a bit more of an insight on their their stories there, um, on what they do, what they, um, the videos that are created for them. And I'm sure you'll be inspired in some way to kind of um, get involved at some point. And if you have the opportunity, if you're in Denver, please like just figure out how to get to it and. And and just do maybe just those Wednesdays of lunch on lunch or is it lunch in the park is it called?
1: Yes, lunch in the park.
0: Lunch in the park. Do one of those. Like that was that was probably one of my favorite moments. I think that's where I had that conversation uh, with that uh, with the man who had yes um, shared that information because you're just there you're playing hacky no, sack no, with them. You do the whatever. lunch in the
1: park is it's it's not just a homeless feed. It is a, it's yeah. an encounter. Right. Our goal is an encounter. So. Mm-hmm yeah
0: that's beautiful love that and so hopefully um you have in some ways uh, some capacity you guys are able to find some value in this conversation that you had today um if, yeah. whether if you're going to christ in the city and help it out or if you're just doing it in your own homes or in your lo- local areas um i'm sure you'll find some sort of value here today um again follow christ in the city at christ in the city on instagram you can follow um myself um and it's only adrian or our podcast you can follow living ardently at living ardently um and then subscribe to us on youtube if you're listening there watching there um, make sure you have you like and leave us a rating um on podcasts wherever you listen subscribe you know all that good stuff we appreciate you guys listening uh blake again thank you so much for coming on oh, and sharing sharing some stories and um all your wisdom that you have for us today we appreciate that and maybe in the future we'll have you back
1: Absolutely. Love it. Adrian, it was a joy. It was a privilege. And to all the listeners. Uh, excited to hear, you know, how how you've seen this missionary identity. It's it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, it, I promise fruit will come. It's, it's gorgeous how it always happens.
0: Amen to that. Amen to that. Thank you all for listening. Hope you have an amazing day. Um, and until next time, keep living ardently. Peace.